I will answer. On this 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time, we're getting close to the end of the liturgical year, which will be next Sunday, which means two weeks from today we begin Advent, which means coming. But at the end of the year, we acknowledge how Jesus spoke about how he will come again at the end of time. And so in the 13th chapter of Mark today, we hear all about these end times. And those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. What we hear is that there will be difficulty. There will be darkness. There's a a heaviness and a despair to this. That that will come before Jesus comes. It's been interesting in the last few weeks, I've experienced more heaviness from students um, than in all my years. It led me to even call other Newman centers around the country and talk to other chaplains like, are you seeing this? How do you handle this? Like what? And I, I, before the football game yesterday, I was talking to one of the counselors in the counseling center here on campus. And I said, what's it like for you over there? And they said, it's as bad as we've ever seen it. And so there's this, so I don't know that we need to be uh, looking for the end of days. I think we can already feel the heaviness, the darkness. But Jesus is wanting us to be ready for that. But in a sense, perhaps he's already preparing us for that by going, by having us experience already the darkness. What is the darkness? You know, if God, if, if Jesus is the light of the world, the darkness is the opposite. The darkness is the, the absence of God. It's, it's the evil one at work. But the evil one's always at work. And so I just think that when we're especially vulnerable or weak or overwhelmed or stressed or wounded, that it's like the evil one puts the full court press on so that we feel the heaviness, we feel the darkness. And so I think it's great that the church gives us these readings so that we can ponder the big picture and know how to respond. And so what do we do? How do we think about this? One thing that helps me to know what to do in the face of, well, let me just, maybe I'll ponder this, this darkness, right? The sun will be darkened, right? When we feel like there's no light in our lives, the moon will not give its light, you know? The darkness is overpowering, that the powers in the heavens will be shaken. What this feels like is when we feel like the sun's not going to come out tomorrow, like it's not going to get better. That I am powerless to change this. That the circumstances and darkness surrounding me, it's too overwhelming. What can, there's nothing to do. Which I think a lot of people feel even like politically, right? Like you look at like conflict in our world or uh, just political powers and leaders, and it's just like people, you feel like, oh my gosh, like what are we going to do about this? I feel powerless. That's what Jesus is talking about. So what do we do? I think of what helps me is St. Ignatius of Loyola from the 16th century and spiritual master. 
he had these rules for discernment in the first week of a retreat. And, and he talks and has an awareness of the spiritual life that I think is very helpful. And, and by bringing things to light, we can understand them and know how to respond. And so he says, how does the evil one work? He says, it is the way of the evil spirit to bite, to sadden, and put obstacles, disquieting with false reasons that one may not go on. So the evil one is the one who makes me feel like I can't go on. What is, what is this desolation? Well, it's a, a disturbance of the spirit. It's a movement to things low and earthly, things that don't really matter in the big picture. The unquiet, different agitations and temptations um, without hope, without love. When one finds oneself all lazy, tepid, sad, as if separated from his creator and Lord. Have you ever felt that way? Like, God's not here. God doesn't care. Ignatius talks about, this, this, is, des- this is the definition of desolation. It's not new. It's not new to you. <laughs> that, that it's something that happens when we engage in the spiritual life. But to be aware of it means that I can actually do something about it. So what does he say? In his fifth rule, he says, in times of heaviness and desolation, he says, never make a change. You know, it's the kind of thing when you fail a test and you're like, oh my gosh, I failed a test. You know what? I need to just drop this class. I need to change my major. I'm done with college. (laughs) You know? Or like, we go on a date and it doesn't go well. We break up with somebody and we're like, that's it. I can't do it. I'm never going to get married. There's no one for me out there. You know? Do you feel we go zero to 60 like that? You know, like that's but what St. Ignatius says is don't make a change. Keep, keep going. In fact, the next rule, rule six says lean even more into prayer. Precisely in that moment where I feel overwhelmed and despairing and I just want to run, Ignatius says that's what the evil one wants. And if we don't know any better, that's what we're going to do. But precisely in that moment of darkness, it's the invitation to turn to the light. To not run from prayer, to actually spend more time in prayer. But I go and nothing happens. I get all anxious and and I just think about all these other things and whatever. And I'm like, that's great. Bring those to the Lord. Stay. Like... I've heard several students talk about how they're like, I started with like 30 seconds in the chapel. One girl on a a testimony on the retreat, she's like, I set my clock for like three minutes. I was like, three minutes. Okay, it's been three minutes, you know, like, but she said after a while, I was like, three minutes would hit and I would stay. And then I would do five minutes. And then I would do eight minutes. And what was happening was all the disturbances in her soul were slowly being released. That, that very slowly the peace was increasing. And so the, I don't need to go through all that. Well, these other rules are kind of helpful, but it's like God, St. Ignatius says, be patient and remember that God always gives us the grace to get through things. And he even talks about why do we experience desolation? Why do we experience heaviness? He gives three reasons. He says, one, because we've turned from God. It's heavy because I'm trying to do it on my own. But secondly, he says that God allows that to happen because in being stretched, that's how we grow. 
when we're, in a sense, pushed to our limit in faith, that's when the faith muscle grows. And so if we're going through desolation, it means God has confidence in us. More than we have in ourselves, I think, right? And the third thing he says, the third reason why God allows, God doesn't cause, God allows desolation, is because it's a reminder for me that God's gifts are God's gifts. It's not something I earn. It's not something I have a right to. When there's blessings and peace in my life, that's a gift from God. I don't have a right to that. And so if I'm not experiencing it, it's like, God, that's okay. But I'm ready to receive when you're ready to give that again, you know? And so most of the time, that's two out of three, it doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. It actually means we're doing things right. It means that our loving God is inviting us to grow to be stretched, to mature in our faith, especially in college, right? Like, it's a time of maturation that this is how it happens. We say, I want to grow in faith. I want to grow in trust. And God's like, okay, then here's what's going to happen. But, but what does he promise? What's going to happen after that? That God allows those difficult moments so that we can grow in faith. That he allows the darkness of the night so that he can shine even brighter into our lives. It's like, on one hand, the night is the darkest right before dawn. But the sky is the brightest after the storm has passed. And so we are invited to bring the darkness, to bring the heaviness to the Lord. We can keep doing it on our own, but eventually something's going to give. Something's going to break. But what happens when we bring it to God? That his plan is brought about. We hear he says, Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds. In the words of the prophet Daniel today, But the wise shall shine brightly. And those who lead the many to justice shall be like the stars forever. That as we turn in the darkness to the Lord of life, he who is the light of the world, that, that our darkness begins to change. That we begin to recognize Jesus, who is God himself, chose to descend into our darkness in the incarnation. He became man. So that I, as I go through my darkness, I'm not alone. But he's with me. Now, we want it to change like this. I, I brought it to God. He didn't do anything. But the timing is up to God. We're told today, but of that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. And so we're invited to bring it to him and to trust in his timing, that he who is all-powerful, that he, he will respond. It reminds me of... It may seem like a totally crazy example, but I, sometimes you look at things in our world like you think about nuclear war, right? A year ago, you know, we see the tension between the U.S. and North Korea just rise. Who would have thought this summer that there would be some harmony and peace between North Korea and the United States? Like, it's crazy. Like, who would have thought of that? It seemed impossible. And it's precisely in that place of death and despair, the tomb, 
that Jesus comes to bring new life, to do what, what doesn't seem possible at all. I, uh, in the last four months, I've made uh, more, kind of tie, tying to what I said earlier, in the last four months, I've made more trips to the Flagstaff Medical Center Behavioral Health Wing than in the last four years. Students and people who felt the darkness and heaviness and despair heavier than ever. But something interesting has happened. That those people who felt at rock bottom, who felt like the sun would never come out again, that by bringing that darkness to light, almost in a sense they were, they were forced to bring it to light, which God allows when nothing else works, um, that now those same people are in a better position than they've been in years. That now they, they recognize a little bit more of what's happening within them and around them. And they know the support structures that are there. And that it feels new and different. Like there's, there's a little bit of light and hope that hasn't been there in a long time. That's what God wants for all of us. That, that precisely in the darkness and the heaviness, to lean into him, to trust that somehow he's doing this in order to do something better. That God allows the darkness of the night to lead to the new day. And it's better that way than if we never went through the night. Isn't that crazy? Because what he says is, as you go through the night, as you go through the darkness, as you walk through your hell, I choose to go and be there with you if you will allow me. I, last example. I, this week, again, we had the Carmelite sisters come speak to us. And in their, their history, the, the only reason I even know them, the only reason they're in the U.S., is because in the 1920s, a government came to power in Mexico and said, our biggest threat is the Catholic Church. Therefore, we will make celebrating the sacraments illegal, we will make wearing religious clothing illegal, and we will stomp out faith. And it was precisely through that that, that nowadays we look at the U.S., and we're like, wow, there's like this influx of faith coming to us from the Mexican people. Like, what, there's this like resurgence. We look like, wow, they're so faithful down there. I was like, do you, we forget that 90 years ago they could have been shot for going to Mass. But from that darkness and despair and difficulty, that as they turned and trusted in the Lord, it led to a growth in faith that's unparalleled. And so, in fact, I've heard people even speculate and say that in the United States, what we need is a persecution. I was like, hey, hey, hold it. You know, like, hold on. I'm on the front lines here, buddy. You know, like, um, maybe that's what we need. Maybe, maybe that's why this darkness is being allowed. Because it's actually going to be used for our good. It can, it can lead to our destruction if we give into it and despair. Or if we turn to the Lord with hope and faith, knowing that he is faithful to his promises, that he says, my words will not pass away. I mean, heaven's not going to pass away, but he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That what I'm saying is true and definitive. Our psalm today, 
the entrance antiphon. It says, you will call upon me and I will answer you. It may not be in the timing you want. It may not be in the way you want. But I will answer you. I will lead back your captives from every place to a place of freedom and light and joy by the one who is light itself. And so Christ answers us definitively today. I will answer you. That I have answered you. The one sacrifice of Jesus on the cross squashes sin, shows us that he has power over death and even the darkest things that could ever come to us. And in that moment when I feel like it's overcoming me, the invitation is to go to the Lord, to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I can't do this. This feels too great and heavy. Help me. And he promises he will answer us.